Question 62 asks, what is the fourth commandment? And the answer given is that the fourth commandment is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, or made it holy. Question 63 asks, what is required in the fourth commandment? Would you repeat now after me? The fourth commandment requireth the, the keeping holy to God, one whole day in seven, to be a Sabbath to himself. And question 64 asks, Which day of the seven hath God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? The answer, Before the resurrection of Christ, God appointed the seventh day of the week to be the weekly Sabbath, and the first day of the week ever since, to continue to the end of the world, which is the Christian Sabbath. Our scripture reading for today comes from Genesis 2, verses 1-3, through 3, a familiar text. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. So far the reading of God's holy word. May He add His blessing to it this afternoon. We will be considering the fourth commandment this Sunday and for the next two Sundays, Lord willing. I think it is important to remember that the first four commandments have to do with the proper worship of God. The first tells us who should be worshipped, God alone. The second tells us how He should be worshipped, not with images. The third teaches us about the attitude of worship. We must not take the Lord's name in vain. And the fourth addresses the time of worship. Here we learn that one day out of every seven is to be set aside as holy unto the Lord. It is the Sabbath day. On that day we are to rest from our worldly employment and recreations. We are to give ourselves over to rest to the public and private worship of God along with acts of necessity and mercy. If I were to guess, I would say that the fourth commandment is the most misunderstood and greatly neglected of all the commandments, even amongst the people of God in the world today. The predominant view seems to be that the Sabbath command is no longer applicable to the people of God living under the new covenant. Christ is our rest, they say. He has fulfilled the law. And of course there is truth to those statements but that does not mean that we have nine commandments now instead of ten. No, we actually agree with the writer to the Hebrews who wrote to, to the New Covenant saints, saying, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. That is Hebrews 4.9. The Greek word there translated as Sabbath rest might also be translated as Sabbath keeping. 
So then, this is the conclusion to the argument that he has been making, there remains a Sabbath rest or a Sabbath keeping from, for, for the people of God. Uh, this remains, the writer to the Hebrews uh, says. Why? Why does a Sabbath rest or a Sabbath keeping remain for the people of God under the New Covenant era? The answer, in brief, is that because as true as it is that Christ is our rest, we have not yet entered into the full, final, consummate, and eternal rest that He has secured. That rest will be enjoyed after He returns to raise the dead, judge, and make all things new. And it is that rest, eternal rest, that the people of God will enjoy for all eternity in God's glorious presence, of which the Sabbath is a sign. The Sabbath is a sign. It signifies something. It points forward to something. And here I am saying that it is that eternal rest that the Sabbath is a sign of. And so as true as it is that Christ is our rest and we rest in Him even now presently, it is also true that we have not yet entered into the full enjoyment of that rest. A Sabbath rest will remain for the people of God until we enter into glory. And so we must learn to think carefully about the Sabbath command lest we find ourselves living in perpetual sin as we fail to worship God according to His Word. As you know, the fourth commandment is, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. That is Exodus 20, verses 8 through 10. This is the fourth of the ten commandments written by the finger of God on stone and delivered to the people of Israel by the hand of Moses. But please do not miss this very significant point. This was not the first time that Sabbath-keeping was commanded. No, even Adam was to keep the Sabbath day holy in imitation of his Maker. God created in six days and He rested on the seventh. And it should be obvious to all that it did not take God six days to create, as if He were struggling to complete His work. Instead, God took six days to create so that we might imitate Him in our work. And God did not rest on the seventh day because He was tired. You understand this, don't you? He did not grow weary in those six days so that He said, Boy, I need a day of rest. No, He did not grow tired, but He rested on the seventh day so that we might imitate Him in our rest. And in fact, a careful consideration of the Sabbath theme, which runs throughout Scripture, reveals that the Sabbath day functioned as a kind of invitation to Adam to work, living in perpetual and exact obedience to God, so that he might then enter in to rest, that is to say eternal rest, the rest of God, or glory. So Adam was to work six days and rest on the seventh in imitation of his Maker, but the Sabbath day itself was a kind of invitation to Adam. Come, Adam, enter into rest. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but instead eat of the tree of life, and thus enter into glory. Enter into glory. Enter into rest. The Sabbath functioned in that way 
even in the Garden of Eden before sin entered into the world. Two very important observations must be drawn from this as we begin to consider the fourth commandment. One, Sabbath keeping was not for old covenant Israel only, but for all of mankind. It is for all of mankind. The Sabbath, like marriage, was instituted not in the days of Abraham, nor in the days of Moses or David, but at creation. It was at the time of creation that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. This is a bit of a side note, but I wonder if you've noticed this. Christians around the world today will will love to appeal to um, the fact that God instituted marriage at the time of creation in order to uphold so-called traditional views of marriage, saying that they are timeless and unchanging and still for us today, and not just for the church, but for all of humanity. But the same is true of the Sabbath command. It was instituted at the time of creation. It is therefore permanent and will last the entire time until Christ returns. And it is for not just Old Covenant Israel, but for the people of God in every age, certainly. This is very significant. Those who believe that Sabbath observance passed away with Old Covenant Israel fail to recognize that the Sabbath was not instituted with the Old Covenant, but at creation. Two, the seventh day Sabbath corresponded to the covenant of works which was made with Adam in the garden and the covenant of works which was made with Israel in the days of Moses. The seventh day Sabbath communicated this, work and thus enter into rest. Can you see the symbolism here? One day out of seven is to be a day of rest. It's to be kept holy unto the Lord and Under the old covenant and in the days of Adam when God made that covenant of works with him. Which day was it? The seventh, the last day. Work and thus enter in to rest. We know that Adam broke that covenant. He failed to enter into rest. And we know that Israel could never keep it. Not even to secure and maintain blessed life in the promised land. Nevertheless, the observation stands, the seventh day Sabbath signifies the covenant of works. Work to enter God's rest. Obey to enter life eternal. Setting those preliminary observations to the side for just a moment, let us look a little closer at Baptist Catechism question 63, which asks, what is required in the fourth commandment? The answer, the fourth commandment requireth the keeping holy to God one whole day in seven to be kept or excuse me, to be a Sabbath to Himself. As I have said, God established this pattern at the time of creation. One day of seven is to be set apart as holy. This means that one day in seven is to be treated as different from the rest of the days. The other days are common days, and they are for common things, common work, and common recreation. But One of the seven is to be regarded as special. It is to be approached as holy unto the Lord. I think the word keeping is significant in Baptist Catechism 63. For as you know, common things, common work and recreations do always threaten to overrun the Sabbath day. Have you noticed this? It's so easy for us to allow things that are suitable for the 
the common days of the week, to just encroach upon the Sabbath day and, and to, in a sense, defile it in our lives. And here I am saying that Sabbath observance is not something that we fall into. The Sabbath must be kept by us. The people of God must be intentional about keeping it. They must prepare for it throughout the week by ordering their common affairs. And when the Sabbath day comes, it must be kept by us. We must keep it holy in obedience to the fourth commandment and in obedience to the pattern established by God at creation. Let us now briefly return to the question of the day. Question 64 will help us by asking which day of the seventh has God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? Which one? And the answer that is given by our catechism is right and true. Before the resurrection of Christ, God appointed the seventh day of the week to be the weekly Sabbath and the first day of the week ever since to continue to the end of the world, which is the Christian Sabbath. And I want for you to notice three things briefly. One, the pattern of one day of rest out of every seven remains. And it will remain to the end of the world. In other words, Sabbath keeping has existed and will exist as long as life in this present age remains. This is so because of what the Sabbath signifies, namely eternal rest. It signified eternal rest for Adam. It was an invitation to him to work and thus enter into God's rest. And the Sabbath functioned in the same way even for Christ. Christ was to work and thus enter into rest. Christ was to work and thus enter into rest. And the Sabbath also signifies eternal rest for you and I today. And so I will ask you again, brothers and sisters, have we entered into this rest? Have we entered into eternal life? And we might say, well, we have tasted it. And it is ours now for sure if we are in Christ. We have been sealed by the Spirit. He is our guarantee. And so in that sense, we, we have it. We have eternal life now. But we have not laid hold of it. Eternal life, life in glory, eternal rest is still in the future for us. And this is why Sabbath keeping remains for the people of God. Two, notice that though the pattern of one and seven remains, the day changed. The day changed. There was a time when the Sabbath was to be observed on the seventh day, that is on Saturday, but now it is to be observed on the first day, that is to say on Sunday, which the New Testament calls the Lord's Day, and which we may call the Christian Sabbath. So what prompted the change? We have to answer that question, don't we? Why this change in the day? Why the move from the seventh day to the first? Well, Notice thirdly that our catechism rightly teaches that the change occurred at the moment of Christ's resurrection from the dead. And so there we, we have a clue as to why it changed. It has something to do with the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Let us think about this theologically. Why would the resurrection of Christ from the dead prompt a change in the Sabbath day. 
Why, after the resurrection of Christ from the dead, did Christ meet with His disciples on Sunday? Which He did, by the way, in that 40-day period of time where He walked the earth in His resurrection. He met with His disciples consistently on Sunday. Read John's Gospel. Why did the early church have this practice to meet, not on the seventh day, but on the first? Why did they assemble together for worship on the first day and not the seventh, as was the custom of the people of God for generations before them? Why the change? Well, I suppose the simplest answer would be to communicate, uh, rather, excuse me, to commemorate the resurrection of Christ from the dead. And I think that is true enough. When the disciples of Christ met on the first day of the week, they were remembering that on this day, on Sunday, the Lord raised from the dead. That is true. But I think there is more. In fact, there is much more. Consider that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and entered into glory because He kept the covenant of works which Adam failed to keep. We must think about this. Why did Christ raise from the dead? How was He able to do it? Why did God raise Him up? Well, because He, Jesus the Christ, kept the covenant of works which was first made with Adam, that covenant which Adam failed to keep. And so at the time of Christ's resurrection, there was an advancement in God's program of redemption. When Christ rose from the dead, He accomplished something. He earned something. He moved things forward as He kept the terms of that covenant of works that Adam failed to keep. Christ, in that moment entered into rest. He entered into the rest that was offered, first of all, to Adam. Perhaps this is why the early church customarily referred to the Lord's Day as the eighth day. In six days God finished the first creation and He rested on the seventh. But Christ, by raising from the dead on the eighth day, did secure the new creation for Himself and all who are united to Him by faith. The first day, or the eighth day Sabbath, signifies this advancement. Two, consider that when Christ did, died and rose again, He did at that time inaugurate the new covenant, which is the covenant of grace. A Sabbath keeping does indeed remain for the people of God, but a seventh day Sabbath would not fit the covenant of grace. The seventh day Sabbath signified that work would lead to rest, and that was indeed true for Adam, it was true for Israel, protologically, and it was true even for Christ. But for those who are under the covenant of grace, that is to say, for those who have faith in the risen and ascended Christ, work does not lead to rest. Instead, rest in Christ does lead to work. First we trust in Christ, we enter into His rest, and then we serve Him. We do good works, we live in obedience. First we rest in Him and then we obey out of gratitude for all He has accomplished for us. Stated differently, we do not earn for ourselves eternal life. Christ has earned it for us. We trust in Him and we serve Him out of gratitude now. More could certainly be said. But for now I will say, brothers and sisters, do not neglect the Christian Sabbath. Do not break the fourth commandment. Treat this day, uh, the first day, the eighth day, the Lord's day, as holy. Keep it. Do not allow it to be overrun by common things. And I will add to that, we should delight in this day, brothers and sisters. We should long for it. 
we should see that on this day we get a small taste of the rest that will be ours for all eternity through faith in Jesus Christ, who is the second and successful Adam. Do you delight in this day? I asked that question of my wife and kids not long ago. Do, do, do you guys look, for, look forward to Sunday going to church? You know, I suppose there are children around the world who kind of dread Sunday, you know. They're drugged to church by their parents. They have to listen to some boring pastor preach for, uh, you know, a long, long time. Um, so I just asked, you know, what, what do you think? Do you, do you long for this day? They said, yes, it's the best day of, of all the days of the week. I said, thank the Lord for that, that that's their perception. I, I think they were being honest with me. It's the best of all the days. That should be the, the, the perception of the Christian. What is the best day of the week? Is it Saturday, brothers and sisters, where you get to recreate? That's a good day, isn't it? Yeah, that is a good day. But the best of all the days is what? The best of all the days is is Sunday, the Lord's Day, the first day, the eighth day. For on this day we rest and we worship and we enjoy the presence of God in a way that is special. And we enjoy one another's presence. Delight in it, brothers and sisters. Long for it. And then lastly I say prepare for it so that the Sabbath may be kept. Prepare for it. On the other six days, prepare for it. The night before, prepare for the Sabbath day, the Lord's Day Sabbath. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What day? What day is this a reference to? I think it is the day when Christ returns, the day when we will enter into eternal rest. We long for that day, and as we see that day drawing near, we are to not neglect to meet together. This is one of the things we are to do on the Lord's Day Sabbath. We are to meet together, to give worship to God, and to encourage one another in Christ Jesus. So what is required in the fourth commandment? The fourth commandment requires the keeping holy to God one whole day in seven to be a Sabbath to Himself. And on which day are we to rest and worship, brothers and sisters? We say the first day, the eighth day, the day of Christ's resurrection, the day where He inaugurated the new covenant, which is the covenant of grace, where He earned for Himself and for us the new creation, which is ours through faith in Him. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, we thank You for Your law. I do pray for us that we would love the fourth commandment and that we would keep it from the heart. God, protect us from legalism. Protect us from this tendency that we have to just keep the rules for the sake of keeping the rules. Instead, give us a true love for your law. Help us to delight in the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath. May it be truly a day of rest for us as we find our rest in Christ and as we take enjoyment in you. God, help us in this. Increase our appetite, O Lord, for the things of You. Draw us to Yourself, so that You might get the glory in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.